Well, toss that rusty old grill into the lake and set the Barcalanjo on fire. That's what it, it is. is. Welcome to the Dadward Spiral. This is episode number 16. Uh, we've been on a four year hiatus. Uh, there's a new president. Um, the planet has warmed another degree. Oh, boy. Uh, none of this that, is that, true. That, that last part is true. Uh, <laughs> that, last, <laughs> that last part, if, if uh, although now apparently they have a cold front up in Seattle at the time of recording. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's how the fuck is that possible? <laughs> Portland. OK, this episode, by the way, is going to go up a week after we recorded it. But yes. right now, Portland is dealing with like record heat. We just had record heat in L.A. And yeah. the world is falling apart. Um, and I'm, so I'm 25 days out from moving to one of the most notoriously hottest Fires. places in Southern yep. California. Yeah, but it's a nice looking house. And Thank you, my wife I and I are it. extremely jealous. Come uh, over. Kill us. Take the deed. Take the deed. I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, well, claim your fate. going to move in. It's going to be yeah. me, my mo- my mom, my pop on my car and my little kids all hopped in the car. I went downtown to the galaxy. You know what? I, I, I'm going into old school. Will Smith. It's That's fine. Um, <laughs> that was a parents just don't understand. Random mm-hmm. riff. Welcome to episode number 16. My name is Aaron Pruner. This is Eddie Doty. We do yep. a show called Dadward Spiral. We talk about fatherhood and other shit, I guess. Mostly um, father word. Fatherhood. Uh, father word. Father word. Um, Shout out to Dragon Wagon Radio for somehow still sticking with us. We have been gone for a while because life gets life, in the way. Yeah, uh, we had some we but, had some guests we had some guest scheduling stuff, and then you and I both and, were in the middle of some job transitionary stuff, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, yes, that just know, feels yeah. like it's a constant. Like there's well, it's it's a constant tumultuous thing in my life, and uh, that was one of the reasons why the show got put on hold because I just couldn't find the time yeah and uh we'll talk a bit about that a little bit later but before we do um i don't remember what i do with this part of the show do we talk (laughs) do we just catch up let's 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 get into let's let's get into it because I, i think there's we have nothing planned there's no document like we normally do i would say though that if you're on a lunch break and in about an hour, I got to wake Lily up from her nap. I, exactly. Like, I'm, and my wife is picking up my, my youngest from summer school. Uh, my oldest is in the other room right now. So I actually have one of my kids home with me right now, which is normally not normally. And it's like, I have Millie with me, but not, my, not my voice. Um, but I think if there's one thing that's really struck out to me and one thing that feels of the moment that kind of thematically ties into certainly our hiatus, but also, um, this is there is this larger notion of the gig economy and you and I both living in Los Angeles um, and navigating that while being fathers and, you know, to, to degrees like providers, um, how we how we navigate that. This is something that's happening more and more in our country and in, indeed the world. It's interesting because I, you know, not to bury the lead. I just accepted a new full-time position at Amazon game studios. Um, and this have, is my, you have done this a lot over the past half a year that we've even been doing. Well, this it's, it's been, it's been a journey. Like By the, the way, congratulations. The, thank That's you. Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm a showrunner for uh, the prime gaming live channel, otherwise known as the crown channel uh, that, that is certainly on Twitch, but also you know, on YouTube and, and some of our other platforms. Um, but 
it was a journey getting here. Obviously, I was with Twitch for a year uh, prior to that and, you know, did some time on a secret project at Bally's and, um, and, you know, it was a journey getting here, but this is the first salaried position I think I've had in 10 years. Um, so it's, this is, this is new for me actually having health benefits that I don't have to pay out of pocket for, um, you know, I've, I've been, I've owned an, uh, an S corp and an LLC, um, to do my own business and, and to do all that stuff and to, for the first time in a very long time, not have to worry about that stuff. Um, I didn't realize how much of a burden it had become was just navigating like, okay, working this month on this project, this project runs for a year or, or 12 months or 18 months or whatever. So therefore, you know, I need to bank this much amount to float my healthcare until the next project kicks over. Um, it's, it's, um, it is definitely uh, something that I don't have to worry about. I was in, you know, first part of my career, I was in a, I was in a union. I was in the editor's guild. Um, and that, took care of some of that stuff. But again, it's like, okay, did I bank enough union hours? Did I work enough union jobs to extend my benefits another six months? Um, it was just always this. And and I, I love being in the union. It was great. Um, but, you know, it's like, it was, it was such a, a headache to try and float and navigate that stuff. And certainly I know with what's been going on with you and and your work as a, a freelance, you know, entertainment writer. Um, it, it's a very similar too. Yeah. And an actor, no doubt. Of course. Yeah, no, but I mean, just like in, in all the, in all the jobs that we both do, because I do more than one thing, you do more than one thing. Um, it's, it, it, uh, in some ways, you know, it's this, it, it, what does being a, a father in our industries, our respective industries mean versus being the sort of the death of the middle class and the death of like the nine to five factory job. It's, 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 there's multiple things here. First off, I'm going to be going on a lake trip in about a month where I'm going to be spending a week with my in-laws. And one of Mm -hmm. the things I am constantly faced with as a freelance writer is them, um, their scrutiny of how I always have to work, even on holidays or during breaks. One of the years where I was at the lake, I had to work almost the entire time from the hotel because this is the nature of this business. And my wife has sort of a similar situation where she is a dance teacher, a personal assistant, an audiobook narrator, a commercial actress and a voiceover artist. And right. all of those things do not intersect until all of them suddenly do. And by intersect, I mean overlapping. and. um you know, uh, it's been four years since I've had a salary job and the salary thing. I come from a world where like when I graduated high school, I was on a TV show like right after I graduated and I right. got into the acting world. And early on, like in the 90s, I learned how to operate and, and navigate that by taking odd jobs at night or or jobs that were flexible and at the time there was not a term the gig economy right it was just you hustled to make it happen freelancer and that that hustle mentality i didn't realize until i started freelancing um in the the career i'm in now that it's the same thing there's a lot of people out there who have a hard time acclimating to freelance work and freelance schedules because it's not stable. 
It can be feast or famine. You don't know sometimes where your next paycheck is coming from. Over the pandemic, 80% of my work fell off the map because the entertainment industry stopped and my work is mostly founded on that, Right. uh, which really had me going, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this work? I had to do some pivoting. I'm currently freelancing for a company that does not at all talk about entertainment. I've been writing a 6,000 word article, which is just a directory about utilities in America, which has been a huge um, difference from what I'm used to, but it has also been an exercise in, okay, I don't actually have to think hard and write my opinions in a really thought provoking manner to get clicks. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like one of those decisions where I needed to pivot to make sure I was still making money. But your move to salary, to being on a salary position after so long kind of scares me. And I've tried to do that over the past four years. And I still apply to jobs that come through that I qualify for, but I it's, it's weird, man. My wife and I work a lot from home and we work a lot on our own hours, which is great because then Lily has a lot of time with us. Um, the flip side of that is what happens when an offer comes along. Right. What do we do? Like, how do I, how do I even balance that responsibility, the, the professional responsibility versus the personal responsibility? Cause it's always weighing on my mind that she's getting way more time with her dad than I never, ever got with mine. And I am really mm. creating these moments and memories and a foundation here that what's more important, obviously having a roof over your head, but also having the time with her and being able to balance both. Um, Because my wife and I both operate that way. The amount of time that I have to work and pursue other things, especially over the past few months has dwindled because this freelance job has taken up a lot of my time. And when I'm not doing that, I'm either cooking dinner, helping with bath time, helping with bedtime, uh, spending time with my daughter or supporting my wife in her work stuff or sleeping. And, you know, we started the show because I I was (laughs) like most people during the pandemic. I was in a low place and I needed to be creative and work out some of my anxieties. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to do that. What I wasn't expecting was. As soon as things started picking back up, they would just all fall like like just happen all at once. You know, suddenly all at once. I I also my wife is a wedding coordinator. So like suddenly she has three weddings in the month of September and two in October and one in November. And we're going on a lake trip and she just had her first commercial audition. And I just auditioned for two different movies, which is like out of the blue for me. And I got these freelance jobs, which these are all great. But yeah. there was no easing back into it. It was just suddenly, here's everything. Now try to work out your mental and physical schedule right. and just go with it. And on top of all that, I was just recently diagnosed with sleep apnea yeah. because I have been just forever in my life tired all the time. And it wasn't until recently where I thought maybe I should look into this. My wife said I stopped breathing during the night. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have some serious condition. And then suddenly there's a problem. Um, My friend's dad died from sleep apnea. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I have heard I have heard that it can lead to heart stuff and it can. So I did a two night study. They sent um they give you the kit and everything. Yeah. They sent a kit. I had to like I had I was Iron Man for two nights pretty much. I had this like like belt around <laughs> and now my you're chest Iron Man every night <laughs> coming out of it. And I had to yeah. have like a tube go into my nose and a thing on my finger to to monitor oxygen. Worst two nights sleep because you know I was constantly worried about tubes coming out. And lights going off and sure. the thing not reading properly, but it turns out I have sleep apnea. I have a mild case of it, which means I stop breathing roughly five times an hour, which is mild. Yeah. Um, but it's noticeable because I've I've been using this machine now for about two to three weeks. And when it's right, when I have the settings right. Oh my God. Dude. It's the best. It's the best. You wake I, up feeling like you're born again. Like it's, I it, wake up and I'm like, good. I'm actually happy. Like you can tell when I've had a shitty night's sleep because I'm the worst person in the morning. <laughs> and, but, but I've also had to get over my own hiccups with this because my insurance refused coverage. They said, you have sleep apnea. We're not going to cover any of the equipment. So, uh, so, uh, so I had to spend like $700 on a machine and a mask and figure out that. The nasal mask was not right for me. And now I have to yep. do an over the mouth mask. I do an over the mouth as well. It's yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. I have to sleep permanently on my side. Yeah. Same um, here. Because when I, because I, if I roll over in the middle of the night with my mask on, like it's, yeah, this is welcome to CPAP talk, everybody. No, yeah. um, this, I, I think thematically, this goes back to, I didn't even know you had it. I, oh, and, yeah. and apparently oh. a lot of people are undiagnosed. I, I was undiagnosed for a long time. I have a bevy of like nose issues. I've had, I've had sinus reconstruction twice. Um, so is my wife and she yeah. still has really bad sinus. I, ha I, I had a, I had a double, uh, I, I had to have a double septoplasty uh, because my, I didn't just have a deviated septum. I had what was called an S shaped septum. So it, it deviated in two spots in different directions. Um, and so they had to go in, they had to remove a good chunk of my septum. I also had, um, non-cancerous polyps all throughout my entire um nasal passageway up into my my uh, the kenoids or whatever they're called the 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 sinuses that are like on your forehead i had like them i had them all the way up there i could not smell until i was 31 um i could there were occasionally they would reduce and those polyps would reduce in swelling enough to where i could smell a little bit um being by ocean water or humidity would help sometimes but for the majority of my life, I could not smell the day after I got my surgery or no, so the day after I got the splints removed from my nose, I was driving on the 405 and I'm like, oh, wow, I smell asphalt, like really strong asphalt. There must be asphalt nearby. And I drove for an additional four miles before I caught up with the slow moving asphalt truck. Um, wow. And it was yeah. like for about six months there, I was daredevil. Um, but and then, <laughs> and then it like and then it like settled back down. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Real, like, you and uh, you yeah. and my wife have a lot in common there. She doesn't smell. Yeah. Like I'll yeah. be like, why does it smell so stinky in the apartment? There'll be like days old food in the trash. And she it would have to be it. a very strong odor. Right. And like nowadays I'm like, it's like leveled off to where like I'm an average, you know, smeller, whatever that means. No, I, I there is this weird thing with, with, with uh, men, our age, specifically dads. And I think it's, and you and I are both in our early mid forties. I, I just think, turned 45, Eddie. Yeah. So I you're, am you're, five you're years mid. away from 50. 
I'm, I, my ex just turned uh, 50 recently. And that That's was, why I just said before we started recording, I have started a moisturizing regimen sure. on my face. Sure. I've been uh, trying yeah. to get better sleep. I just went back to the gym for the first time yesterday. Hey, like, there you go. You know, there you go. Yeah, that- I, I, it's, it's all these things start piling up where you're like, I got to take care of this. I haven't been to the dentist in a while. I got teeth problems. I got to sure. go. I have teeth problems. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. uh, th- and that that's based on years and years of brushing my teeth wrong because my mom <laughs> taught me to furiously brush my teeth. So in my mind, <laughs> I had to brush really Harder hard to get the yeah. food off. Until yeah. you're I, destroying I brushed your all the enamel off. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's that's how <laughs> no, I, I, don't I hear smile you really big because I don't want to show off the damage. But these are the things. And so it starts piling on. you got those things going on. you got professional things going on. I like to talk a lot about on the show about being there for your kids. And then it's like, OK, well, I either really figure out how to schedule the podcast or I spend time with my daughter. And it, it was yeah. like. It's a tough balance. Suddenly you got to like, think about what is the most important thing? Why am I doing this show? I'm doing this show to understand fatherhood and to understand my own issues, to be a better dad for her. But then I'm doing the show instead of being there for her. You know what I mean? So like, it's been a juggle and we had some guests lined up that fell through and Mm -hmm. I don't have the bandwidth currently to be the publicist for the show and find guests um on a regular basis so things yeah. sort of were put on pause and, and i was, don't know what's going to happen moving forward <laughs> quite i mean honestly I, it's a little bit better i was so okay how do i i have to tread carefully here um you know the the, the tying this back into our kind of like our our back end and sort of central theme um going back to something you said earlier about like why did i sort of take a a full time um and what was oh i i completely understand why you did that. Yeah. you have a house well yeah yes and by the way uh, uh mortgage underwriters don't really like it if you have nothing if you have mixed 1099 and w2 income that becomes a bit of a problem uh as i as i discovered um but beyond that more than that i've i've ta- i've entertained w2 jobs before and and full time salaried stuff i actually at the end of 2019 um, briefly took one, um, for three months and I was at a company I won't name. Um, and I, I took it because I was, you know, I was kind of opening, I was open to the idea of doing a, a full time. I, I was kind of like mm-hmm. done with the contracting dance. Um, and then I took what is, it. What does the contracting dance look like? Is it a lot of arms and legs? <laughs> it's, it's, a lot of- it's a lot of stress. <laughs> it's a lot of like, cool. I've enjoyed this job for, job for three months. Now I got to start thinking about what happens in three months when it wraps or in, yeah, in, no, I, I, I understand. <laughs> so, so it, um, I took it out of company, uh, cause I liked some of the people there and about three weeks there, I'm like, Oh, this is not, no, this is not for me, but I just started and I wanted to give it a try. But then I was starting to have my conversations with Twitch and actually they flew Twitch flew me up to San Francisco to interview. And they came back and said, you know, we, we're, we're going to do it, but we just, we need to wait until the next fiscal year um, in uh, February um, to do it. So just hang tight and then, and like, great. So I'll just hang tight on this job. And uh, I ended up getting laid off uh, at the, at the other place. And I was, it was good and bad. Like it was like, 
I was grateful to be done with that place, but it was, it felt, it just, it was frustrating. It was frustrating to like maybe have like a glimpse of something long-term. Twitch was fantastic. I was in a year long contract when that ended. I said, listen, I want to be salaried here. And they said, you know, the project you're on is sunsetting, but we're going to see what we can do. And that was when I was referred to this current role. And for me, it was less, it was, it was, it had to be a mix of both something I legitimately wanted to do and provide that stability and security. And I understand that most people do not have the luxury of choosing one, you know, of, of getting both. It's for most people, it's one or the other. And, um, and so I'm, I'm very grateful in that regard, but for me, it's like, if I'm not able to do, if I'm not able to do for a long, the longest time, it's like, okay, I got to do something I feel comfortable doing. Um, and if that means freelance and contractor, then so be it, especially as a TV editor where you're working on like seasons. Right. You're, yeah. There's very, there's very few permanently staffed editors. So for the first and half that's, of my, career, that's sort of the same in my realm of exactly. uh, entertainment journalism, just in general, after the pandemic, more and more people are going freelance. Exactly. But, but something interesting happened that ties into what you were saying earlier, which is once I got, cause sometimes you, you pay for the best insurance you can afford. And sometimes, you know, so even when I was a Twitch, I was a, um, it was a year long contractor, but I was paid as a W2, which means I had like access to some benefits, not the full Amazon benefit package, but some, and I had okay health insurance. It was fine, but what's that, that like, it was okay. It was fine. But like, now that I have like, <laughs> like up until now, the best insurance I ever had was through my union. But yeah. now that I'm on health insurance, that is as good, if not better than that. And I have all these things I can do now. It's like, oh my God, I can finally go get this checked out. I can finally get that checked out. Right. Um, you, you, I, can, I, can I just say something here? Yeah, please. The last salary job I had, I worked at MTV for seven years. Right. I did not apply to work at MTV. I was at an internet startup back in 2007 after leaving MySpace <laughs> that their big thing was instead of having a platform where you can create profiles, their big thing was allowing you to create your own profile and take it with you to different platforms. This was before social media became what it is now. And we had, we monitored big artist pages for people like the Jackass team and soldier boy and like all these people back in 2007, 2008, when that was huge uh, MTV bought us. And I got the best insurance I had ever had in my life. My, you know, Kelly still talks about how great my insurance was at MTV. And I feel like I'm chasing that dragon, although doing freelance work. Good luck. Right now I'm with Kaiser through um, Covered California. I was with Kaiser for a long time. We had all three of our kids at Kaiser. Some of the worst insurance I've had, but because it was affordable. I had had good experiences there. Um, But again, you know, that's. Right, right. For childbirth, I think it's a really good for at least uh, the hospital where I was at was a really good spot. So I think we lucked out in that regard. Yeah, you know, when you think about this now, last night I was talking to Kelly. I, I saw a job ad. I'm like, should I apply for that? And she's like, well, that's your choice. I said, it's not though. Mm. It's not just I'm not just operating off of how I would normally apply for a job anymore because it's not just about me. You know, you're talking about medical insurance suddenly that means your family's covered right and so if i was to 
move out of this uh, situation where I work like 30 hours a week on my own time for one job. And as long as I have an assignment submitted by a specific day, I can work whenever for that job so I can space out my time and still be there for everyone that needs me throughout the day to something that is a full-time salaried 40 hour a week commitment. You know, there has to be more to it than just it pays nicely. Yes. Because I know, I remember what it was like growing up with, with limited healthcare and certain resources that we didn't have in that, uh, time in my life and I don't want to put my daughter through that you know and and more and more it, it's just I'm aware of yes working freelance is great I can work on my own time I can set my own hours I can in some situations negotiate pay and I love doing what I do but the stability factor is more and more important when thinking about <laughs> stability in your family and stability uh on an emotional and physical level you know what i mean yeah totally i like it's funny because there's there's two there's two sort of like and i would classify them both as like development right like what for me having um good hours and good benefits means like okay i can develop um my time at home i can develop a better work life balance i can develop a better routine um, that benefits not just myself, but my entire family. The other half of this though, is I want to get better at the thing I, that, that my profession, I want to get better at what I'm doing at. And for me, a big part of this was of my recent decision was um, the last two years, I would say I was even going back to like 2017 uh, when I was over at a startup called mammoth media I was brought in to be like the production guy, the content guy, the streaming guy, um, which is great, except I'm, I'm nowhere near done learning or growing or getting better. And for me, I need to be better by not just being um, the guy, the only guy in the room who can kind of do what I do. And that was what was essentially happening, even at Twitch. Um in, in my team, in my position, I was brought in for my point of view, but I didn't really get to interface with others who were like me. And a big part of my current job was like, I needed that. It's the iron sharpens iron mentality. Like if you're around other people working collaboratively and you pr- present your stuff and their stuff is like as good, but like different and and like stronger in ways that you're not. And then you have good leadership that is like, that you can learn and draw from, like, that's what I was really, really missing. And I had feared becoming stagnant. I saw this a lot in my editorial career. I saw a lot of really good editors stop growing and then they hit 55 and then they just don't get work anymore because they're the same and they're dependable. But then it's like, okay, you're 55 and you're like a B plus editor and there's 32 year olds who are B plus editors and we'll cheaper pay, we'll work for cheaper. Yeah. Maybe not even that, but elite, but have a younger, fresher, more relevant viewpoint sure. than you yeah. do. And I'm starting I, to feel that way in my line of work, dude. Yeah. Like that. And for me, it's like, it's like, okay, I need to get better and evolve. Um, and, and I need to, I like, I'm working with uh, right now, like stuff I'm doing, I'm working on XR stages. Right. Like that's, I don't know what that means. Um, if you've watched the Mandalorian, 
Mm. Um, where like if you watch the Mandalorian and you watch like how they shot that on this thing called the volume, it's a basically, uh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's essentially rebuilt. It's like redesigning the idea of a green screen or a backplate. It's a dynamic backplate. So the idea is that it's a fully rendered. So like when they shoot on the Mandalorian, there's like sand and rocks and and stuff, but the background is all video. It's the unreal engine that you they composite the backgrounds and then it's tied in with camera sync so that when the camera moves the background shifts accordingly like you would get real parallax on an actual camera so i i'm getting to work on these for two of the shows i'm working on and i've never worked on an xr before and that's like yes that's what i need to be doing i'm 43 you know, if, if my answer is to just build a practical set, as opposed to leaning into the, the available technology, then I'm going to become old and stagnant and irrelevant and obscure and, and not, you know, and so like for me, that was the biggest appeal of this. All of the other stuff aside was uh, obviously needs to be able to support my family, obviously needs to be able to provide benefits. But for me, that was like the biggest part of it. I, I think like, and the fact that the hours are decent, it was, it, I feel like this is kind of what I've been building towards for the last five years. Like this is where That's I've awesome, been wanting. Man. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, but, but also in line with that, there are priorities. And exactly. then it's like, where do we fit this show in? Because exactly. we record in the middle of the day during a work week, which makes it difficult sometimes for guests to come on. And honestly, I'm going to be honest here. What a month or two ago, whenever the heck I was like, I need to put a pause on this. I didn't care about the show. Because yeah. I had so much going on yeah. that this show did not mean the same to me as it did a year ago. That's a completely fair position to have. And and it and I there was I had my own version of that because I was stressing out about yeah. so many things. Right. And it's like, how am I supposed to, you know, and it's like I cared, but like the I didn't. I, I didn't feel like I could get up to the moment. I didn't feel like no, I could meet the moment. Right. I didn't feel like I could, I didn't feel like I could give anywhere near my best to the show. Um, you know, because of everything else, everything else that was going on with me. And, you know, like there's only so much of us individually to go around. And when we're not able to meet the moment, then it's like, you know, I'd rather just not do it, you know? Yeah, and, I agree. Because yeah. it would be a shitty episode. And yeah. I mean, it got to a point where my birthday was the day after Father's Day. And my wife was she really had to talk me into doing something. I didn't want to do anything because mm. the idea of making a decision. Yeah. Of what to do, where to go, who to invite. Simple things stressed me out. I'm like, someone else needs to make this decision for me. Mm. Plan it. Invite people. Tell me where to be and I'll be there. I, it was I had so much going on. I have never been really in a place in my life where such a decision that would be self-serving to me because it would be celebrating me was freaking me out. I was so stressed yeah. out about it. I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to be in bed all day. And I feel like this show in a way is self-serving to me. I came up with the idea and it was about me trying to figure this out and be a better dad while also exploring this topic. And then when you came in, it became a whole other profound thing. And I really thank you for being a part of it. Um, But at the end of the day, this is inspired by a lot of personal stuff I went through, personal stuff you went through. So it speaks to me on a personal level. I didn't want to. I just didn't. I had no 
space for it. And it really made me feel like I was letting listeners down and letting mm. you down and just letting the idea of fatherhood down. Right. To take a back seat and be like, I'm doing it on a daily basis here in real time. Like I don't I rem- need a show to validate that. I remember you kept apologizing. Like you had something to apologize for. And I was just like, you don't like you were apologizing to me directly. I'm like, you don't owe me an apology. Like it's, it's, it's this, this show has always existed in the crevices of, you know, wherever My else. Butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like existed where we can fit it in. <laughs> can I, hold on. Can I just explain? Um, this is going to be a side note. Sure. The other day, Lily asked what a crack was. Oh boy. And so we tried showing her pictures of cracks and, you know, on phones, like cracks mm-hmm. in cement, cracks in walls. And then just on a side note, I'm like, and you have a crack in your butt. <laughs> and, and I was like, all people. And, you know, we have that's called a crack. And she was like, I don't want my butt to be cracked. I don't want to crack in my butt. And I, it was like a whole thing where I was trying to make her understand. And then it turned into this thing where she thought her butt was going to break in half. Right. <laughs> Pat Oswald has a bit that is about like, um, like his daughter when, when his daughter was much younger, uh, like the whole schoolhouse rocks, like uh, dem bones and like, my yeah, skeleton's yeah, yeah. going to jump out of my body. Like I yeah. just didn't, did not it's, see that coming. Yeah, it's it's stuff, but it's moments like that where I find it funny. And then I'm like, if I was too focused on work and too unavailable, I would not be able to experience that. Exactly. And so that's, I guess, what it comes down to for me is. You got to practice what you preach, and if we're preaching to be good fathers on the show and the struggles of it and all of that, got to do that in real life, too. So I yeah. came to that conclusion and I have just basically been like, when we can do the show, I'd like to do it. But uh, I got so hung up on it has to be weekly. We have to be on a schedule. We have to have all these amazing guests. And it sent me on this little (laughs) downward spiral, so to speak, of I am letting everyone down because I don't have the energy to do any of that. But that's not, you know, it's the I mean, I hope now we've both come to this realization or this position, at least where That's not the case. We shouldn't hold ourselves to that, to an impossible standard. We are not getting paid for this, believe it or not. One day, one day we (laughs) would like to. No, but like one day we would like to and sponsorships and all that stuff. But like, I think we're doing this, you know, it only boils down to why are we doing this? We're doing this because uh, for me, at least like nobody was doing this when I became a father. Um, there are, there are some dad podcasts out there now. I know Freddie Wong has like a D and D podcast. That's like D and D, but with other dads, uh, that's apparently they've got $30,000 on their Twitter account. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but like, I, you know, like I'm sure it's great and I'm sure it offers something, but I also feel like we offer something. And I feel like we are the conversations we have with our guests definitely offer, offer something. I feel like we have an opportunity to, if for no other reason, it's, it helps me. It, it definitely helps me, you know, me too. Yeah, I mean, so like, we're going to keep doing this. Is it going to be every week? No. I, I no, <laughs> probably not. Um, but, but you but, know what, this was going to be a memoir before it turned into a podcast. Yes. And I feel like I'm getting to a place now yeah. where I'm going to start writing that book. Cause, cause you know what, you said something earlier where you're like, I'm getting older and I, I don't want to be stagnant at a certain point. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about that over the past few years. I write about TV. 
and movies. Mm. I'm a 45 year old man. Um, yeah. I'm white and I fall under this category that is not um, age wise, demographic wise, like it, culturally speaking. I am not what the internet wants to uh, gauge certain opinions about entertainment pieces from anymore, you know, and that's fine. The internet is a young place and I've been pitching to places where I've realized they're not only not fitting what I want to write about, they're Mm -hmm. not paying what I need to get paid because they're focusing on a younger crowd um, and with younger writers who are less experienced. And that just goes with, that goes with the the business, yeah. especially since it has become very web-based. There are journalists out there who are seasoned, but that's not really the makeup of my reality anymore. And I've been I've been thinking a lot recently about how do I move forward? How do I progress? How do I pivot in a way that is both beneficial to me artistically and uh, practically? Uh, to be able to support my family and also get us the heck out of this crappy apartment. And I keep going back to writing that book, not to make money, but just to get it out of my head. Yeah. yeah. And I've been running from it because there's a lot of stuff we talked about on this show that only cracks the surface of stuff yeah. that I'm afraid of putting down on paper. But you can't really progress in life if you don't get yourself out of your comfort zones and and risk and explore that risk and explore the the gross places that you don't want to explore. And so that's been on my mind a lot recently, just from a creative standpoint regarding this show, because this came from a different idea yeah. and this has become its own entity, but still speaks to that thing that I keep running from. So that might be a thing I do, but like you know, from a salary perspective, man, I'm I'm envious of 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 your situation. But at the same time, I don't know if I would be able to function because, as I was saying earlier, I've always worked operated best in chaos when it comes to not knowing where the next paycheck comes from. In, Some in people that, do, yeah. For a long time, I, I did. I didn't know. I didn't know until um, my last salary job and then the previous contract position I had at Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. Hated both of those experiences. And I didn't really feel like I was in the zone until I was back doing what I do now, dictating my own hours and having that level of uncertainty of where the next check is coming from, which I don't yeah. think is necessarily healthy. No. And trying to find a balance there. Um, between work and home life and just my own mental well-being uh, is already a lot of work. And then being able to pursue creative endeavors makes me feel like if I'm doing that on top of things that I'm being self-serving and not having myself open and available enough to my wife or my daughter. And then I have that guilt and that guilt is constantly there which is constantly reminding me of my own father issues because my dad was never there. And I don't want to put my wife in the position my mom was put in when I was a kid raising me. And it's a self-serving, not self-serving. It's like an Ouroboros thing where it constantly circles around in my head. I come to a conclusion. My wife assures me I'm fine. And then it happens again. Like tonight I'm supposed to go to a press event, an in-person press event. 
And she reminds me, this is work. And then I'm like, sure, but there's going to be drinks there. And as soon as there's drinks at a situation, it becomes a social gathering that I am choosing to do instead of addressing my obligations at home. And that really blows up in my head when thinking about work and progress and what sort of professional progress I would hope to achieve in the coming years to be able to supply my daughter a a decent education and a healthy childhood and not put her in a position like what I was in when I was growing up, you know, around gangs and being bullied all the time. And I feel like I might've gone on a little bit of a tangent here, but I think I know where you're going. I think you know where I'm going with this. I do. I mean, it's, it's, you know, like, it's very, the bottom line is this, you need to do things for yourself to take care of your own physical and mental health. So to, I got a CPAP machine. Yeah, exactly. You got to do things for your own physical and mental health so that when you are around your family, yeah. you are the best version for yourself. There is that. Okay. Right now. Yes. That, that is a very real, a hundred percent real and valid thing and is necessary and not enough men do that. They don't, they don't engage in behavior that is truly taking care of themselves. This means everything from, you know, taking a half day for themselves every once in a while to also Mm -hmm. seeing the therapist. It's everything in between. A lot of times men will um, index really hard one way or the other and say, you know, I need to get out of the house and have a drink with the guys to blow off some steam so that I'm not a monster when I come home. Okay, sure. Fine. How often are you going to be doing that? Uh, And, and where is the tipping point between dad's doing what he's got to do for himself and dad's simply not here. And that line is going to be different for everybody. Um, And sometimes for some men, um, a little bit at their best is better than more of them suboptimal for some men. That is the case. My grandfather. So again, getting super personal here. I recently was, at 43 diagnosed diagnosed with being on the autism spectrum. Um, and I am of the opinion that my grandfather was too. Um, my grandfather did not, he grew up in, in rural Kentucky in the mountains with a dirt floor in his home, um, stopped his formal education at like sixth grade. I want to say joined the army at 17 did not talk very much. Um, did not talk and had a very thick, accent slash mumble that made him unintelligible to most people. And I, for him, um, it was very hard to be around him and to, you know, understand where he was and what he was feeling. But when he was in a good, happy mood and things were good with him, he was really pleasant. And he didn't, I think he understood that about himself. And so he didn't interject himself into very many scenarios. Um, sorry, they're doing construction what? outside. They're doing construction outside the house. What was that? <laughs> they're doing construction on outside here. We may have to deal with that a little bit. Um, so all that is to say that you know, for some men, um, it's gonna it's gonna be less. <laughs> it's gonna be less welcome hours to, overall. Uh, welcome yeah. to Dadward Spiral with Einstein. No, about. Jesus. Only some specific people will know that reference. Um, and <laughs> we're we're nearing the end, but my 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 overall point is this: like, it, there are some for some folks, they men just need to be better at being honest with themselves and about what 
it is they need. Um, I, I have to be told a lot of times and it took an honest conversation with my doctor for my doctor to be like, you need to prioritize exercise daily. You, or you are going to die, dude. Like you've got the genetics, like you've got like everything working against your favor. You, you don't look obese, but you absolutely are. And you have really bad cholesterol and all this other stuff. And, um, it took that for me to prioritize going to the gym six days a week. I go to the gym six days a week now and I intermittent fast and I am still trying to lose weight. Cause I'm still, you know, I never, me at my worst, I didn't look that bad. You, you can probably attest to that, but, um, for me and considering where, you know, my family's history of heart disease is and everything that went down with my dad, like it's, it absolutely needed to be prioritized. So that means sometimes I'm going to miss talking about really important stuff. And it sounds like your room is farting. Yeah, I know. I know. It's they're they're drilling the carport like directly underneath. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And so and you 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 make a great point in the uh, sorry, continue. Uh, to cap it off, just like you going to a press event and having drinks afterwards, you know as well as I do that oftentimes the next gig you get is going to be based off those conversations. Um you know that you could have a really good conversation with somebody over, uh, you know, just when you and I were, for instance, like when you and I were at a Comic-Con and we were at that and you, and you met my wife uh, at that National Geographic party and we had those. Going to a Nat Geo party tonight. That's what it is. Well, if they get, if they give you more Gordon Ramsay, uncharted uh, (laughs) metal tin tumblers. Yeah. Like, Uh, but no, for real, like a lot of, like a lot of things just happened there. Right. And I like, know. I, I know I'm going, know. I'm going to PAX and like, I'm going to go to PAX with the full understanding that there's going to be, and I'm going to be gone for my family for five days. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of really intense work with my team, but then there's also going to be like, you right. know, parties and stuff. And, uh, and frankly, deals get made there. And I could very yeah. easily beat myself over, over that shit. Or I can be like, okay, yes, I'm going to do this thing. But when I get back, I'm taking two days off and it's not just going to be like, theme parks and movies it's going to be story time and conversation right. and walks and just making the most impact in those moments yeah no i i yes yes and it's just a constant reminder to me that just because i'm going out and there's going to be alcohol or friends or whatever i'm not my father yes skirting responsibilities who never by showed orders up to the of hospital magnitude. when i was born yeah stuff yeah like that. speaking of we're going to be ending the show soon but i forgot to tell you um, an alleged half brother of mine who lives oh in Nashville, Tennessee, who is 56 years old, oh who was put up for adoption, uh, did some genetics uh, research and found out my father was his birth father. Oh, boy. Which meant that my father had him a decade before he had me and him and the woman he was involved with put this baby up for adoption in the 60s. This guy found me and wants to talk. He's in his late fifties, works in country music in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. Uh, And, and there's parts of that where I'm like, he wants answers, right? He wants to understand better where he comes from, where I've already gone through that. And there's a part of me who feels obligated to talk to him. And there's another part of me who feels like I don't want that in my life. Does that make sense? Because that sort of opens up a door to conversations and thoughts and feelings about my dad that I 
want to put to rest. But at the same time, this guy who is a decade older than me doesn't have those answers. And I remember when my dad died being like, well, certain questions I have will never be answered. And we've talked about that before. Yeah. I'm currently like, crap, this guy is there is a very good chance this guy comes from a completely different ideology and lifestyle than what I'm used to. I've heard his voice. He left me a voicemail. Very Southern accent. Like you could tell from how he's talked to me that that God plays an important role in his life, religion. He has his own family, Uh, all of this stuff, country music like that's not those aren't negatives in my perspective but my 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 reality my lifestyle and just who i am my identity does not line up with that so there's this concern in my head of if we talk it would be real uncomfortable but there's also if he's looking to me for answers i don't know what sort of answers i can give him because my dad wasn't in my life either but it has brought these i think that's a part of the reason why i've been so aware recently of my behavior and being invited to do extracurricular things away from my family and how guilty that makes me feel. I, 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 I hear that. I last point first, I, I still struggle, you know, like I, I, a buddy of mine invited me over to his house for a 10 hour board game session of this board game. Whoa. It's very well. It's a, it's one game. It's, it's a very legendary board game called twilight Imperium. He and I produce, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's the granddaddy of like, it's of like of 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 long form board games. And he's a, a former colleague of mine, good buddy. I mean, we haven't seen each other in years, literal years. Um, and so I felt bad even asking. I felt bad like he hit me up, and I'm like, I can't agree to that without talking to my wife first because that would require a non insignificant amount of coordination. And I feel bad asking, and like I. I went and I asked and I, I put a million like asterisks around it. And my wife was like, if, if you're asking, you clearly need it. So mm-hmm. yes, of course go. Like it's, that's you know. interesting. If you're asking, you clearly need it. I've never viewed it that way. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it, hmm. Well, I mean, that's, and she and it made a good point. It's like, cause like, if I felt like, if I didn't need, if I didn't want to do that, I mean, it's a 12 hour board game. If I didn't need that, if I didn't need that experience, <laughs> you just jump from 10 to 12. How long it, was it it? it? it honestly depends. Like I've seen that when you do it with six players, it could be like nine hours. It could be 13. I actually yeah. produced it for tabletop day one year. And we had a side table of, of TI three going and it was, I think, I think they finished in like nine and a half hours, but like okay. point being is that, you know, it's, I, I asked, you know, it, 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 yeah. it wasn't just me saying like, oh man, I, that's not a good idea for X, Y, and Z. The fact is I still asked. And when she said that's that, how I, I do everything when I, yeah. when it's, it, when it's involving my life outside of the house here, I always ask. And it, 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 it comes off. I think sometimes as, as, as if I'm lacking confidence as just a man outside of being a dad. I think it's also like we, we, my wife has to, and, and part of the reason why I ask is because, you know, my wife teaches dance and, and yes, your wife does too. And it's, you know, like 
in competition season, which is now <laughs> like, Oh yeah. We're in recital season. Recital season is a big place. thing. So that means that like there's 12 hour days with just you and Lily. Yeah. And for me, there's 12 hour days and 13 hour days where it's just me and all three kids. And that's insane. It is. And so, and because of that, it's like, part of me is like, well, I don't want to put her through that. On the other hand, it's like, well, I do that for her too. So, yeah. but it's like, I never want to assume because like, like right now, like she's dealing with a bad neck. I'm dealing with a weird issue in my left foot that I'm still like, that makes it hard for me to like walk around for like a long period of time. And I don't want to assume, I don't want to put things on her. I don't want to assume that's just going to be easy for her. She doesn't make the same assumption with me, but you know, but when I asked that, she's like, yeah, I'll make it. She's like, yeah, it'll suck, but I'll make it work. Like, she's like, you do that yeah. for me. And you know, it's, it's, you know, don't right. do it every weekend. You know? So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I feel like, um, there's a sense of pride. There's an innate sense of pride that comes, I think just inherent to a lot of men of just, yes, I can deal with this without asking for help. Oh my God. Go yeah. with this and suck it up, you know, or the flip side of that is, and, and I want to talk about this briefly before we go is the idea that, well, it's not the man's job. So the woman can handle it. <laughs> um, and we've talked about that too, yeah. which is going to lead me. I want to just pivot to a final thing. We usually talk about yeah. entertainment stuff. I yes. want to talk about two things. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about fast and furious nine. <laughs> and I want to talk about the new Kevin um, Hart movie fatherhood mm-hmm. because that the, I've seen both of them. They kind of bookended my past few days. The reason I want to talk about fast and furious nine first is throughout this entire franchise, they talk about how family is the most important thing. And Eddie has not seen one Fast not and Furious movie. One. So I'm about to spoil some shit. Possibly. Please do. Um, the newest movie, there's a father storyline in it that introduces John Cena as Vin Diesel's character's long lost brother, which already, wow. Um, but the father storyline you're introduced to in this movie gives a lot of context to previous uh, films in the franchise. Long story short, Dom's dad was a race car driver who died at a young age. And that death impacted the brothers in a way that put uh, a wedge in between them and a rivalry and they hate each other. Yada, yada. Also, Dom is now a father to a little boy who's probably three years old in the movie. And you're introduced to this uh, new life that he's living in this like secluded town in like South America or something with him and Letty and this little boy. And you're like, how sweet he has left his old life behind. And now he's there being a dad. Well, five minutes into the movie, his old buddies show up and say, we got to go save the world because this device was stolen and, and uh, we got to go fight crime. And Dom's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then two minutes later, he's doing it. And it goes from him being a dad with his kid to pretty much never seeing the kid again until the last five minutes of the movie. And the next scene after this household life, this dad life, he's got a fucking shotgun and he's driving a muscle car into like militia territory and just <laughs> head straight into gunfire wearing a pristine white V-neck shirt holding a shotgun. I see this as a dad 
the first thing I think is, fuck you. You are the worst dad in the world. Yep. Because if you are trying to pursue a life where you you want to you, you want to put family first and you want to take care of that little boy, then you if you really have to go into a war zone, you're going to go in head to toe, body armor, Kevlar, you know, put yourself in as safe a position as possible so that little boy doesn't lose his dad the way you did when you were a kid. Yep. And so that immediately painted my vision of this movie in a way like why even throw that in there because it's so goddamn hypocritical now where the entire franchise is based on how important family is you are introduced to the storyline that dom lost his dad and how that negatively impacted his life but now he has a little boy named after uh who's the actor paul walker's character paul walker who died Uh, So there's like layers to this already. And he's and there's a part of the story where it's introduced that little Brian is being taken care of by big Brian, the character that Paul Walker played just somewhere else. So Brian's looking after Brian and he's fine. (laughs) Um, There is a portion later in the movie where Vin Diesel's character says to, you know, his significant other before Diving into a suicidal maelstrom, maelstrom that's pretty much just going to kill him. Tell him I'll always be in his heart. Basically, I'm going to kill myself now. Tell my son I love him before diving into this just chaos of like all these men and guns. And then there's water and he's almost drowning and everything. His life flashes before his eyes. And I'm like, you love your son so much. And family comes first. What the fuck are you doing? Every scene he's in, he is diving into something where it's like, well, that would just kill a normal person. Well, you're not at all thinking about the family uh, unit, the life you've created at home, because you're constantly going after this action filled uh, adventure where you're putting your life on the line at every moment. And it pissed me off. It was so hypocritical and I was so angry and it came out of that movie thinking, well, Dom is a horrible dad in this movie. Uh, is pretty much destroying the 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 foundation, the emotional foundation that the franchise is supposed to be based off of, which is family. So I watched that. And then yesterday I came across this movie called Fatherhood on Netflix, starring Kevin Hart. And I'm like, oh God, what is this? <laughs> and it turns out it's based on a true story of a man yeah. Who is married to a woman. They have a kid and oh. the woman after the kid's born dies of a pulmonary embolism, Ugh. leaving the man with a newborn baby, which is a reminder of his wife who died yep. and his mother-in-law and his mother and his support group trying to help him be a dad. And with everything stacked against him, he says, I'm going to, make it work and be a father. And it's going to be fucking tough, but I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to offer everything I can to this girl. And now my life is going to be about how can I best serve her? It's not about me anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. Vin Diesel. Um, (laughs) And I went into this movie, not knowing what to expect. And it punched me right in the gut. Like it was, there's moments in it where, Kevin Hart's character is with his baby girl and he's she's in the stroller and there's like a montage where women are walking by going, oh, where's the mom? 
And, you know, he's like, oh, she's an astronaut. She's currently on a mission for NASA or like <laughs> she's uh, she's in jail, you know, sent uh, on a seven year sentence for whatever. Where I'm like, yeah, you see a dad out with a stroller. We've already talked about this. It's like, oh, where's mommy? Oh, look at you doing the hard work, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. They address that in a really interesting, funny way, but they don't fully linger there. But the whole duration of the movie, we started recording right when I was finishing watching it on, on my computer. And God damn it, there is a scene in that film where he is offered a career path that is super lucrative, everything he would have wanted before having a kid. And he takes it, but then starts thinking about all of the moments he has shared He's with missing. his daughter and all the moments he's going to miss. And you signed into Zoom right when I was getting to the point where he left his career behind to go be with his daughter and uh, was almost crying and you showed up. That might be why my eyes look the way they do. But it's fair. I was completely surprised by this film, the way that they tackle the subject matter. Yeah. Kevin Hart is not doing the Kevin Hart shtick. He's like being real in it. He cries believably like he pretty much pulls some some solid acting chops in it and the fact that it's based on a true story uh just i i was like this resonates so much with me and more dads i think they're looking for some it. sort of solidarity being in a position where you're you know you are taking the responsibility to raise your kid watch this movie because it's 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 pretty well done and i'm a white guy and i don't think i have the right I don't have like a stance to really say this, but I'm going to say a lot of times in media, you don't see positive African-American men in father roles on TV. Should I be saying black men, African-American, but you, you, you people of color, it, it, you don't see. And I think that's changing. You saw it in invisible man, the, the Blumhouse remake. Um, yes. Aldous Hodge was a fantastic father in that movie. And it was like, why aren't more people talking about that? Well, you get it again here. And I feel like depictions of positive father role models in television and on in movies is important, especially to reflect um, people of different skin colors in different walks of life and different genders, you know, the, that whole parenting perspective and so i i really was surprised by this movie and i highly recommend you watch it when you have a chance i will watch it today i'll watch it tonight after work so yeah all right let yeah. me know what you think i will. let me know if you cry because probably i'm pretty it's pretty easy to get me to cry like there's a there, steven universe song called dear old dad i can't make it halfway through that song um, without uh yeah. without it fucking just completely fucking me up um Let's see. Do I have any recommendations this week? I think I do. Um, so, um, <laughs> Millie, I accidentally had the Lonely Islands uh, unauthorized Bash Brothers experience on Netflix in the background the other day, and uh, Millie loved dancing to that. So, if, if as long as your kid doesn't understand the lyrics, uh, there's <laughs> that. Oh, I, I do have something actually, and this is less a specific thing. It's it's um it's more just like this notion that I encourage. Uh, not just other dads, but other people to do. But I think especially dads, especially middle-aged dads, because, you know, I think there's the old concept of like the midlife crisis of like the, the guy gets an earring and buys a Corvette 
because uh, he's going I, through a midlife crisis. I, I don't think that's truck. happening. That's my thing. I want a truck. I think what we're seeing nowadays with with like Gen X and millennial elder millennial dads like us is uh, hobbies. I'm Gen <laughs> Obscure. X. I'm Gen X as well. Just chill. You said but elder millennial, and that is just a term I'm speaking, I don't want to use. I'm speaking to. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking to like. I'm speaking to like 35, right. 35 right, year olds. Got right it. Now. Yeah. Um, so, but there is a, there is a notion, I think now, especially with social media that like, if you pick up a hobby, it must be performative. You must post about it. It must be, you must be good at it. Uh, and it must be obscure. Um, and I, I want to push back against that for father's day this year. Um, I always do the same thing every year for father's day, the structure wise, which is I take the first half of the day for myself, uh, because I am around my kids a lot. And on weekends, especially because my wife works a lot, um, there just isn't time for myself at all. But also, all the time, uh, you know, as a, as in my time as a father, I don't get a lot of chance to reflect upon my father. So I take that first half of the day for myself to kind of think about my dad uh, and and think about who he was and how that affects who I am. And I like that moment of just like quiet reflection where I do an activity by myself just to kind of focus in and, and, and think about it. Um, for me this year, uh, and it's not always this every year, but I'd say about half the times I, I do this, I took my board down to Doheny and, uh, which is a beach about an hour and a half south of here. I saw and, you, I saw you post, yeah, about, so I post about that. And I went bodyboarding and I, uh, like every time when I go bodyboarding, I get wrecked. I get, I'm just, I, I catch a few waves and then I just get hammered. And that's okay. I've been bodyboarding for 25 years, I'd say, like maybe longer. Uh, I was 10, so so 30 years. I've been, I've been bodyboarding since so I was 10 years old. I'm I'm okay at it. I'm better than like a person me, who is- Me, you're better than me. Better than you, better than other folks. Never been. Um, and, but I'm, I'm not like, I'm not great at it. I can't do rollos. I can't do like any tricks or any shit like that. Don't know what that means. I'm assuming it's like you spin or something. It, it, that's a that's a flat spin, but like a rollo is um, if you're in the curl. A rollo of the wave, is you 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 grab your Viking shield and your sword. <laughs> you go and upside you go down on a raid with you Ragnar. do like you basically yeah. you ride the face of the wave until you flip upside down like you're doing a, a barrel. I was um, making a Vikings joke. I've never I've never watched Vikings. Um, My God, man. I know, I know. I just started watching Outlander with my wife. Um, but different, <laughs> very, very not different. the same. Not the same at all. Um, no. But my point being, the point of all this is, it's okay to enjoy something you're not great at. It's okay yeah. to enjoy something and do it, and not feel like you have to um, be an expert. And it's okay to have things that you love that you will just ever be okay at, especially for like men in your that- marriage. The overlying theme of this episode is it's okay to enjoy stuff and have time to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, As like a parent, <laughs> the other, a big thing we talk about on this podcast a lot is like our kids are always learning from us by our, our demonstrated behavior. And they're, when we, we don't think they're watching us, they absolutely are. And when they see us doing the things that make us, us, that's how they emulate or pivot off of for their own behavior. I want my kids to know um, that they should do things to love it and it doesn't matter and they shouldn't compare themselves to anybody else. And that is increasingly hard to do in a society that is heavily socialized um, where social media like 
where it's like, wow, this person you kind of barely sort of know is an expert at this obscure thing and they make it look easy. And all of your friends and social circles have these insane talents that they are putting forward and putting in your face. And it's very easy to feel like, oh, well, I'm just fucking mediocre. And, uh-huh. when, you know, like it, that's OK to just be OK at stuff. And yeah. what matters most is what are you getting out of that practice or that service? And, and, and what, what, you know, what position does it play in your life? And what do you want your kids to take away from that? Like, that's, that's okay. My, my kids see me coming. You know what my kids saw? They didn't see me eat shit on waves. They saw me coming back to the house with my wetsuit down, my, uh, my, my board in hand and a big ass smile on my face. That's what they saw. Brink dad coming back. (laughs) They saw, they saw me be happy. In yeah, a way yeah. that like okay, few yeah. other things can make me happy. You know what I mean? And so you know what? We're gonna tie this up because I know you gotta go and I gotta go too. But yep. your kids seeing you happy is a big deal. Huge. And I have found that now that I have the CPAP machine and I'm working on the sleep apnea, I'm happier. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know. I just didn't know. I I tend to be a grumpy person and Getting your rest, whether it's mental or physical, Jesus Christ, the, yeah. the rewards you reap from the simple things that you don't think about end up paying off in ways that you don't, you're, you may not be aware of until you hear some sort of reaction or get some sort of response from your daughter, or your son, your wife, whomever. My mom, who I have a difficult relationship with at times so i guess our our overlying theme here is take care of yourself and if that means that you got to put a project or two on hold to be able to make it through and be okay then don't feel guilty yeah give yourself a break (laughs) and uh i feel like we should have just from this point on some sort of sound effect like a like a drill fart noise that I could just put into the episodes that we do from now on, just to remind us of the construction happening in your. Yeah, home. sorry about that. No, no, it's cool. I I'm trying to be funny. Um, this has been episode number sixteen of Dadward Spiral. There are people I want to have come on the show. Eric Bauza was supposed to come on. He's the the new voice of Daffy Duck, Marvin the Martian, Fozzie Bear, and Bugs Bunny. He was just nominated for a Daytime Emmy Award. He's in Space Jam with LeBron James. He's busy. Um, There are other people whose names you would recognize that I don't want to necessarily mention because I don't have them locked down yet. But these are things that I still want to work on. Uh, Hopefully, we'll make them happen. I can't guarantee you that this is going to be a weekly episodic show, but we are still still here and we're still doing this. Still here. Um, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again to Dragon Wagon Radio. One of these days we'll actually record a commercial for our show. <laughs> I have a good mic now. Now's the time. I finally got a now's, good mic. Now's the time. All I right. Sound like a, um, I sound like a robot, like in every other video or podcast we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for uh sticking with us through this uh hour and 20 minute long episode. And yeah. I hope you guys I hope you get something out of listening to us talk because I get something out of it. I know Eddie does. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, until I guess until the next episode we record, the next time we speak, uh, be excellent to each other. Thank you. 
In the mid-1960s, the world's smartest TV producers brought together four young musicians to create a TV show that was years ahead of its time. I'm talking, of course, about the Monkees. And you, comedy, music, pop culture nerd, probably love the show, but don't realize it. That's why I, Monkey superfan Takura McCullough, sit down with a variety of guests to watch every Monkees episode and discuss their glory on the Monkees podcast. Whether you're already a fan or have never seen an episode, the Monkees podcast is for you as we discuss the Monkees phenomenon, hilarious antics, and deep fandom. So check it out at monkeyspodcast.com. That's P-A-W-D-C-A-S-T or wherever podcasts are found. It's Dragon Wagon.